Welcome to Bass University, everybody. Glad to have you guys hanging out with us. It's a, it's a busy, busy week here at Bash U because we've got a big event coming up that we love to participate in. And uh, I, I hope to see all of you guys there. But the Ike Foundation Pro-Am Tournament is taking place on Saturday. And uh, it's, gonna, it's a big event. Uh, first place prize is a brand new Bass Cat with a Yamaha, about a $30,000 prize, which is really awesome. Uh, the the point of, of us all doing this, we've been doing this uh, with Ike at the helm for, what is it, 10 years now yeah, we've been doing this, Joss? That. Yeah, this is our eighth annual, so um, eight. Okay, eight, eight, our eighth event. For the purpose of getting rods and reels into the hands of kids, getting kids fishing that may not ever have a chance to to try this awesome sport that we all love, it, that's what it's all about. So we love, we hope that you guys are going to be there and participate. I see so many of the same guys every year. Look forward to seeing you guys again this year. And I'm rigging up. I got my 50 pound master braid, Riz. I'm rigging up, oh, getting yeah. ready. Are there going to be? Are they, it's going to be flipping. Is it going to be frogging? Could be all of it. Is it going to be? It's going to be all of it, right? Yeah. It's postponed. Yeah. It's going down. Right? Going down. For, hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> going down. Well, I tell you, you went down this fish. past weekend. That's for sure. They caught them this past weekend, Pete. A lot that, of, lot of. Talk to me. What, what, what happened? What were the winning weights, and what were the like the the depth of the field this took, weekend? Took almost twenty-one to win, but there was a lot of bags that came in in that sixteen to twenty-pound range. Mm. Um, so it seems like the the big group finally started to fire finally started to bite out where we want them to be so should be good by the time this weekend rolls around we got another moon uh we're, we're coming off of another moon this past week was uh was a full moon so if there was a wave that moved up and did their thing they might be going completely post by the time we uh get to fish this derby on saturday so should be a lot of fun if you're not signed up you need to be it's the it's the primo tournament uh if you're in this part of the mid-atlantic northeast it's your only chance to win a boat and you're supporting an awesome cause, and it's just a good time. I mean, Pete, even even in that event, if you don't have a real great tournament, I mean, the Naughty Goose is right there, the Wellwood <laughs> is right there, the River Shack is right cold there. Cold drinks. There ain't nothing that a, that a that a cold crush can't fix. You know, that, that, a, a, an orange crush and you know a half dozen blue claw crabs. Crabs, they're good. I know. Did did you bring back some uh, mud bugs from Texas to to cook at the Naughty Goose? No, bugs. we actually ate all of them, Pete. <laughs> Just, Justin and I knocked back twenty pounds of crawfish oh in, our, yes. in our trip to uh, yeah. to Texas. So we're. Yeah. Uh, we're, got, we're feeling good and happy after that. You guys are looking a little green pumpkin and chartreuse. <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, Justin just was looking fire crawl after the first. <laughs> he broke out into some kind of crawfish rash. Did you? Is that true? Yeah, I did. <laughs> well, well, I, I don't know. You just powered through and ate more. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> got to persevere. Got back after it, so. What happened? This was this was in the process of the meal. This went. You so, started turning like a crawfish? So we ate <laughs> like 10 pounds of crawfish, right? And after a long day, it was hot in the Sabine. And I went to take a shower. And my whole chest, it was like I had the chicken pox. Wow. Oh, man. You know. But we just powered through and <laughs> ate another five pounds 
Didn't I well, that, that, maybe it's the spices. <laughs> right. I know, I know how they like to the spice it down there. They don't take it easy on you. No, no, it opens you up good. Get you where you need to be. Yeah, get the no. pores on your head all opened up. Yeah, we ate way more crawfish than a bass ever will. In one <laughs> city, so. That is so funny. <laughs> yeah, well, it will be a blast. We're gonna we're we're gonna stay in the crustacea family, right? But it's all yeah. blue claws uh, <laughs> up here, and. Um, you know, it's going to be awesome. It's always a great bite uh, at this, you know, in June because yep. so much is open to you. In May, uh, on our, you know, in this part of the country, it's it's all about the spawn and it's tricky and it's a little bit hard to get them to go. But once they turn in that post ball, man, everything in your tackle box kind of gets in the game a little bit, you know? Yep. So I'm looking forward to that, man. I'm, uh, and that's why I've got my Cortland Master Braid because I'm, I, this is, the best frogging line and this comes right from uh boom boom um boom boom had told me about this line years ago he said this is the best frog fishing line that there is it wicks the water it allows you to do things with the frog that that the other lines just won't let you do so uh, maybe he's using it in cayuga cayuga is he, the, sure is he there this week i'm mm -hmm. sure freddie's got that tied on a cayuga That's yeah sure. Whether he's flipping, frogging. That's right next to that's right next to the Cortland factory up there. Yes, sir. You know, I've been hearing those 30 pound bags uh coming in up there early this year. Oh yeah. 30 pound bags up there. Small mouth. Strong. And large mouth. Crazy. Strong. So that is is that tournament hot right now? Does that start today? The major league fishing event? Um I'm sorry. Are you distracting my uh, my co-hosts, Jocelyn? <laughs> yes. As I'm asking them a question. Listen, there's responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> is the major league fishing starting today? I've been seeing them yes, practicing. I believe so. Today, yeah, to today, today they're live. We'll, I was talking we'll to out. Richard this morning from Cortland, and he was talking about how it's just complete smoke because of the wildfires. Oh yeah. So he said it's very smoky here, and I was like, well, it's probably because there's a bunch of wildfires on in Bass River. No, no doubt. Yeah. It's it's coming down from Canada, and it's uh, well. No, that's a separate one. There's uh, one in the Pine Barrens where, it, with the Bass River, it's it's spread oh, all, wow. all over. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. I I've been it's coming seeing, from all over. I mean, there's there's smoke plumes over massive parts of the country, Canada and and the nor the whole northern part of the country right now. It's sitting all over us. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, yeah, that'll be fascinating to watch, but. uh Hopefully everybody stays healthy and Smoke safe on the water. Exactly. But uh, that's going on, guys. Uh, hey, for you guys that didn't know, we launched our Kayak Bash University last week. And what we've gotten some great feedback. Uh, and uh, we really appreciate you guys. And glad you really love the content. A lot more coming, I promise you. It's just at the, the beginning of working with uh, some of the best kayak anglers on the planet. And it's going to we're going to continue to deliver that Bash University style. Uh, so look for that to keep coming your way, guys. And uh, and we're going to we got a neat promotion. We're going to start working with uh, with Yak Attack. So look for that coming real soon. But right now uh, you can go over to Bash. If you're if you're a kayak guy and you want to subscribe to Bash University, go over to bashu.tv backslash kayak. And you can uh, an annual subscription gets you a a new kayak bash university hat and uh and some really cool baits a lot of different a lot of great tackle from rapala and z-man and uh, big bite and vmc so go check that out guys 
And now's a great time to get signed up uh, for Bash University TV. And, of course, we have a, uh, a great uh, offer going on right now, which is a dollar for 30 days. And you can check it out. Uh, see if it's for you. I think it will be. It's definitely going to – we built it to help guys become better anglers. So get over there. Get yourself signed up. After you're done that, go over to ikefoundation.org. Get yourself signed up for the uh, benefit tournament this weekend. Tomorrow's and, the deadline. Is tomorrow the deadline? Yeah. Okay, by tomorrow midnight, that's yes. it? Mm -hmm. Cutting it off? Mm -hmm. Get your partner. Get down there. Get signed up. The fishing's going to be amazing. The weather's going to be fantastic. Um, so get yourself signed up. Come on down and take a shot. Uh what first place is a is a bass cat Yamaha, but we were giving away what power we also poles? Have, uh, two, second place gets two power pole, eight foot shallow water ankle an ankles ankles. You know, <laughs> uh, there's cash prizes from second all the way to sixth place. We announced that we were going to extend the sixth place. Okay, we have Pro Guide batteries. We have Adora Bright Light, um, awesome. Lawrence units, Hydra Waves, Afco gift cards, all different kinds of stuff. So. Just go sign up. Go get yourself signed up. Come on down and join us. Eat some crabs, drink some cold drinks, and uh, it, it'll be an awesome time. So what do we have today? <laughs> we have uh, uh, we were talking with Maddie Wong. Uh, he's coming fresh off of his first top 10 in the elites. He's a sophomore on the elites. He won the Federation National and got in, and bought his ticket into the elite tournament trail. And uh, he he cracked a top 10 and he did it in style in a really, really tough tournament down at the Sabine River fishing in a crowd. And that's one of the things we're going to be diving into today is how to survive in a crowd, survive and thrive, because there was several guys uh, competing in the water that he was fishing. And Brock Mosley, by the way, congratulations, Brock, for his first win uh, five times a bridesmaid cracked the big w his first elite win uh congratulations brock on that it was uh it's pretty spectacular watching him catch top water fish uh and you know getting it done with all that pressure on uh, is hard to do and uh and and pulled through got a big big w so congratulations there and we're going to be talking about fishing in the crowd we're going to be talking with uh one of the friends of the show we love him we've had him on several times before maddie wong and uh, talking about fishing and pressure, talking about the experience, you know, man, this is, he made it through the Federation. He's, yep. he's living the dream yep. that so many weekend anglers have. And, and, and I was one of those anglers fishing in the Federation for so many years, uh, dreaming on making it to the national getting, you know, getting that he got that W Ike got that W there's a, there's very few people that have won that Federation national tournament. Jr. Won that national tournament. Yep. You know? Yeah, uh, it's really it's really awesome. It's the grassroots. It's the breeding grounds. It's it's everything to get to where you want to be and do it the right way. You know, it's uh, you, you can it, it's really the platform that, you know, the average not the average guy, because you can't just be an average fisherman. You have to be an exceptional fisherman to get there. But you don't have to fork out forty thousand dollars and go fish nine opens to do it it's uh, it really gives guys the the route to do it it's the, uh, it's the route for the weekend guy the family guy yep. you know guy just getting out of college it's the route yep. and uh it's a great one i loved it love being in a club i enjoyed it a lot and pete the uh the northeast regional is actually kicking off uh tomorrow down on the potomac um, oh is that right for, yeah for the bass nation so uh good luck to our jersey boys down there uh 
I know we got uh, Connor Cahill, Stevie Hanna, Keith Cowan, um, Bob Brennan, and a few more guys on the NJ State team down there competing. Good luck. Hope you guys bring it home down on the Potomac. Place has been fishing awesome, but where it is, is it's gotten a little tricky here in the last couple of weeks. So, um, you know, good luck, boys. Bring it home. Yes. Yeah. So we're um, we're going to take a break, guys. We have an amazing like and share contest going on. Uh, get you get you some water wood custom baits they're uh, they're amazing custom baits that we we love working with them these, these are coming from brazil uh from a very special marupa wood that's that's marupa, marupa wood that I is that, that is carved down in brazil and they're incredibly tough durable and actions that are some of the really great old school actions that are missing from a lot of crankbait categories and uh we're going to be giving away a couple of those baits so if you're watching over on social, like and share the feed, and we'll put you in a contest to win those. Those waterwoods. Pete, that Bravo Delta Sierra is a bad dude, man. I love that crankbait. I've been throwing that crankbait a ton. We started. I started actually throwing it uh, early this year on, on one of our shoots, mm. and dude, I love it. It's yeah. just the way it throws, the way it fishes, everything about it just is is what i want in a crankbait so if you haven't checked them out check them out at waterwoodcustomcrankbaits.com bravo delta sierra it's riz approved <laughs> go go check it out guys and uh we're also gonna have uh the what is it uh mr allen what's mr allen's first name dan allen dan, dan <laughs> allen benefit trivia contest and we're gonna uh, send you some donuts <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll send you some donuts. The uh, we have a trivia contest uh, every every show, so pay attention to what we're talking about. We're going to be asking something pretty sneaky, and uh, the winner of that will receive Gets a TH Marine gift card with some TH Marine products. Outstanding. Um, we are brought to you from Tackle Direct Studios, Riz. We're going to take a quick break, and we are going to be right back with our buddy, Mister Matty Wong. What's going on? It's Riz here from the Bash University, and I am excited to welcome in Waterwood Custom Baits to the Bashu family. These are custom handmade baits in the south rainforest of Brazil. They're made of marupa pedra wood. It's extremely dense, it's resistant, but it's also really buoyant. They're made of quality components with a 100% guarantee. They're made for tournament anglers, to get it done when the money is on the line. Guys, that was like my second cast with this bait. That's a Waterwood custom bait. These things are handmade in the rainforest south of Brazil. And I mean, as you can see right here, it's a fish catching bait. It's got the front hook. That means they wanted it. This bait's, uh, it, it's running really true. It throws really well. Guys, check them out at waterwoodcustombaits.com. underwater viewing technology.
find what you are looking for. Catch more fish. Have more fun. Aquaview. Seeing is believing. Why do you love catching fishing rods? I'm truly losing less fish. Is the sensitivity of the rod. That are made right here in North Carolina in the USA. Strongest, lightest rod, 100% made here in Sanford, North Carolina. From the drop shot rod to the flipping stick. Every rod has a purpose to it, and I rely on them all the time when I'm out doing a tournament. Durability in the John Cruz Worming series, the counterbalancing in the handle. It's the only rod I've found that can withstand my hooks that boom goes to dynamite. On the water, not spent fishing is a moment wasted. That's why Minkota and Humminbird have joined forces to bring you the One Boat Network. Products that communicate and integrate to help you take full command of your boat. Born from our commitment to making the most advanced fishing gear even better by making it work together. The One Boat Network will help you find, get to, stay on, and catch more fish. When One Boat Network products talk to each other, they can navigate your boat automatically. They can give you a crystal clear view of what's below with no messy wires. And they can let you lower, raise, and change shallow water anchor modes from anywhere on the boat. But that's just the beginning. We're never done innovating, integrating, and making your boat simpler and easier to control. All so you can make every second on the water count. <laughs> Welcome back, uh, <laughs> Just for Men. Uh, <laughs> hair promotions. You tried Just for Men to get rid of that gray wrist? I did when I was in college, man, and I left it in for like way too long. Yeah. And instead of my hair being brown, I showed up to baseball practice and my hair was jet black and I just got destroyed. <laughs> so I said, from now on, we're just we're rocking the grays, baby. Oh my Let it fly. Yeah, All natural. Fast you commercial conversations right there. Yeah. Yes. That's you. See, you want to know what goes on behind the scenes? Now you know. <laughs> But uh, hey, I just want to. The, these are my new favorites. Of course, I have to have the floating uh, glasses, as you know, because I go in a lot. The uh, the mojo, <laughs> uh, the mojo hobies are are just amazing, amazing fit. How important these were to me. I was out uh, with Jake, and we fished for a little while, and then we spent the rest of the day jumping boat waves because uh, he loves that, and I love watching them. He just he gets so pumped. Every the bigger the wave. It's it's like a roller coaster ride for him, but uh, but these were important because of the massive and I, I, maybe I shouldn't say this, but their gnats on the bay are they are just as prevalent as I've ever seen them. The hydrilla gnats, you guys know what I'm talking about. If you fish, hey, you know what? All you got to do is go over to Tackle Direct and pick yourself up a Bass University face shield, and uh, and it protects yeah. you. But the I'm telling you, I went through swarms of them on pad rich and it was just like like it was like rain hitting me like i've never seen them that dense in certain places yeah you, you absolutely you need to be running with shades on you need to be running with a buff on because there's nothing worse than running out first thing in the morning and you get a gnat in your eyeball that just <laughs> destroys the first hour of your tournament <laughs> or or in your throat you call you're coughing them out, but we hey we're used to it, man. It's like if you're around the gnats, guess what? You're around the fish. So that's a that's a big deal. We've got uh we've got Maddie Wong coming on 
Um, Maddie's just fresh off of his very first. There he is. Uh, fresh <laughs> off of his first top 10 friend of the show. We love to have him back on again. Maddie Wong. Oh man. Thanks guys. I'm stoked to be here. I always enjoy hanging out with you guys and, uh, yeah, what a, what an incredible week of fishing, man. Um, I just, if, uh, someone would have told me that I would have finished out in the top three, uh, going into the Sabine event, I would have been like, Hmm okay <laughs> it's, it, it was uh yeah it's super stoked man I'm, I'm i'm just really pumped i i, I needed uh needed a good finish it's been a, a pretty rough road uh this year so it's uh it's kind of cool to just like uh what ike says sometimes you just got to fish through your slumps and eventually um you'll come out on top once in a while heck yeah i mean you just and you just take the momentum uh, you don't know what the future brings, but I can tell you this, the mo momentum is a real thing in this sport. And um, there's a couple things that, that, you know, you I think you can look forward to. Once you, once you crack that glass ceiling, right, of the top 10, mm -hmm. uh, you're more likely to do it again and do it again because now you, you have belief, right, where, mm -hmm. where it didn't exist before. Yeah. And you know how you did it. You know – at just listening to you for five seconds, you had a crummy practice, right? And and yeah. you didn't feel like a top ten was even in the realm of possibility, mm -mm. and and you've seen that all come to fruition. So uh, that that fills anglers with a lot of confidence. I think uh, I, I mean that I'm, it's likely it's going to happen again and again for you. Now get ready. Oh man, I hope so. <laughs> I uh, I feel you know you're completely right when it comes to momentum. Uh, I think it's really important to you know like you said, just give yourself confidence and, and, uh, just kind of, not as flies are getting, uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy how it's just like that glass ceiling is so hard to crack, um, on the elites. Uh, every single one of those guys that are on tour with me right now are incredible anglers. And, um, it is, it's such a mountain, uh, and to be able to climb that, and uh, kind of cement myself in up there felt felt really good so you know i i heading north i'm excited because it's you know i one i love catching smallmouth it's kind of one of the one of the ways that i ended up qualifying for the elites and um it i mean it's just going to be a lot of fun regardless so looking forward to it and yeah man i just hopefully we can just keep it going you know Oh, sure. I, I hope you do. And I, and, you know, we're going to be rooting for you. I know it, it had to be a big deal. Like, uh, you know, I watched a lot of live and I listened to a lot of it um, because I'm, I'm, I'm insane. Even when I'm fishing, I listen to the, the live broadcasts or I watch them on my phone. <laughs> so, like just fishing isn't enough for me. I got to be watching it on another <laughs> channel too, you know, Mul multiple inputs. <laughs> yeah. When, when your day three weigh-ins over, how did it feel when you got announced on that stage? You're you're in the top ten. Mercer Mercer just parades all of you guys out, you know, announcing your your national championship and uh, calling your name. I, I, that had to be an amazing feeling. It's it's neat because you know I, I've I've seen I've like I've been around an event where I watched them you know like get everyone get called up and whatnot and but i didn't know how like where mercer was when he actually did all that 
And uh, I mean, shout out to Dave Mercer. He The way that he does all that, one, he's not looking at any notes and he looks you dead in the eyes right in front of you. And he's yelling into the mic as you line up backstage. And it was such a surreal moment for me because uh, making a top 10 on the elites has definitely been a goal of mine uh, for the past you know, season. And uh, it was, man, I... I like started to tear up because um, he was telling the story about my old boat and how I got here. And uh, it just like the, the, the reality of it all, um, you know, but it, it, it punched me in the face and I was like, wow, like I, I just did this, man. So it was, that was such a special, special moment. And like chicken skin is, is the only way that I can describe it. And uh, yeah, it was, it was really cool. It was super sick. Chicken skin is that like a Hawaiian term? Oh, you've never heard chicken skin? No, <laughs> I guess it's like oh, it's, uh, goosebumps. Yeah, goosebumps. So like goosebumps. So like yeah, uh, yeah like so it. I guess in the mainland it's goosebumps, and then Hawaii. Oh, it's like oh, bro, that gave me chicken skin. Is I? It's a. It's like a like yeah. It's like a pigeon term. Um, that, that, that's uh, yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's same thing, man. Just like you know the feeling where you just all your hair stands up and and you just get overwhelmed with uh, the rush of emotion that just overtakes your entire body and uh it's it's a it's an uncontrollable incredible feeling that just it, it's surreal well i i had chicken skin watching it <laughs> oh man thank you bro. i appreciate it. <laughs> it, it it's you're 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 the guy like we talk about uh you know, the grassroots in the beginning, you know, mm -hmm. how di guys approach the sport differently. And, and, and that's where you came from. That's where I, I started uh, yeah. in the Federation and Ike did. And, and so many did. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, to come up through that as the weekend guy, uh, you know, making it through all those, you know, hurdles, you got to jump over getting through your divisionals across an ocean crossing <laughs> on top of it uh it's quite it's, it's quite an accomplishment to be sitting where you're at right now yeah thanks man i i think having the opportunity with the bass nation um or the federation however you want to call it is something that's such an, a, a cool platform uh for for just people that are completely eaten up by bass fishing and tournament fishing and don't want to go and spend 40 grand and like potentially lose your job chasing the opens. And, uh, it's, it's, uh, it was something that like, uh, I, I fished my first club event in 2018. And I remember one of the guys, um, this guy named Jason Heminger, uh, told me, he's like, he's like, yeah, man, I mean, you could do the bass nation and like, it, it's a long road, but if you win the whole thing, you actually can go fish a classic. And I was like, Wait, what? I was like, taken aside. I was like in complete disbelief uh, because I, I, I was like, how would I ever get there? Because on the West Coast in California, there's there's no like West Coast opens. You know, like everyone, you have to go east, and and east, like Texas, is twenty four hours away. Essentially, you know, it's I mean, it's a pretty it's a it's a pretty far drive. It's like you know, I don't know if it's it's close to 24. I think I forgot, but, uh, it's, 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 a, it's a huge commitment. It's a long, it's a long drive. It's a long haul. It's a lot of gas. It's a lot of expenses and everything. And for someone who's at the time I was operating my own business in Los Angeles, um, 
if we were just going through the pandemic. Um, I had, it, it was a lot going on, man. And, and so my goal was just to like qualify for the California state team. Um, and, uh, and, try to make it in and, and my goal was to, to fish the regionals and when we got to the regionals we were fishing at lake havasu which is a small mouth and largemouth fishery and uh i really loved how havasu fished and if anyone's ever fished lake havasu i think you you would agree with me it's it's one of those places where if you want to go fish dirty water you can go fish dirty water if you want to go fish deep clean water you can do that if you want to go flip toolies you will if you want to go like fish bluff walls it, it's it's all there and um I had, I'd fished it a couple times, um, just go fun fishing. And so when I, I found out that it was going to be there, it just, I was all, I was all stoked and, uh, ended up finding a pretty sweet jerk bait bite. And then, um, those smallmouth love glide baits, man. And I ended up weighing, uh, like I think 17 and a half pounds, uh, on a glide and a jerk bait, um, during the first day of regionals and led the thing. And that was the biggest tournament that I had ever fished with uh 88 of like the best guys um from the west coast and uh i was so incredibly shocked and and humbled and this is back when john stewart was doing it and uh and he's like man you remind me of uh this one kid uh you might know him his name's brandon polinick <laughs> and i was i was just so um you know humbled by that remark and and uh Who's that? because <laughs> yeah. uh, i'm a huge fan of brandon and 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 so when uh i qualified for the nationals and uh, heard it was going to be on a wachita river i didn't know really anything about it except for it was a dirty shallow water you know sketchy river and uh kind of reminded me a lot of um kind of fishing back home in hawaii and then also um the california delta where i spent a lot of my time kind of cutting my teeth um out of uh you know, the, the old 1990 Ranger I had. And, um, yeah, it's kind of, kind of crazy on how, um, just going down there and being able to win the event. And it's kind of funny because some of the baits that I used, uh, during that event, I ended up, uh, implementing this week because I drew a lot of similarities to the Wachita, the Delta, um, when I saw with the Sabine being that it's a, a tidal fishery being that there's, um, you know, a, a lot of, uh, a lot of debris in the water, a lot of laydowns, um, and uh, a lot of mixture of, of cover and stuff that you can fish. Yeah, I, I, I fish both, and uh, I, I see what you're, you know, I see what you're saying. Um, and that was a great win. But uh, let me ask you this question: Like, you got to the classic, right? You won the national championship. You got the classic. Mm -hmm. But what they added to that prize is uh, a trip to the elites. Yeah, I. It's funny. So when when I was on stage, uh, John, he's like, "Man, like," and this is I was still in. Uh, like I was waiting for uh, uh, Kobe Carden to to weigh in, and he's like, "You know, if, if you win this, you you get an invitation to the elites. Like, would you would you fish the elites?" And I had never dreamed in a million years that that was something that was going to be like obtainable. Like I, I, I didn't think that that was ever going to be like, obviously it was a pipe dream of mine. I was like, it would be so cool to be able to travel the country and to be able to fish, um, all these different fisheries against these, uh, the top 100. And I, uh, I, I looked at them. I'm like, heck yeah, man. Like with, without, without even a, a second of doubt, 
um, or, or pause, I was like, heck yeah, because it's an opportunity that's a once in a lifetime deal. And whether I fell flat on my face or if I did good, regardless, it was a, it was an adventure that I, I wanted to embark on and that I didn't ever want to look back on in my life and say, man, I wish I had taken that opportunity. And, um, you know, and, and that's, that's something that, you know, it, a lot of sacrifices, uh, a lot of sacrifices had to go into to making that decision. Um, afterwards, you know, I got back from Louisiana and I literally sat at my laptop um, for uh, an entire month trying to raise money, trying to figure out, um, you know, because I was closing my business, I had to get rid of my apartment. I liquidated all of my assets um, and I had wow. to buy a truck. I had uh, it literally fit everything that I own. All of my 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 personal belongings that is near and dear to me, I sent back to Hawaii because um, my you know my parents are still there and my family's still there, and so I uh, I I literally just trimmed it down to the most minimal travel package, if you will, and uh, and and just said let's 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 go for it, man. And I remember driving away from from Ventura in California uh, with tears in my eyes because. It was like a, like an unknown world. It was like the same feeling that I got when I left Hawaii when I was 24. I, I, I bought a one-way ticket and I saved up 10 grand and I said, you know what? I, I never thought I would ever want to leave Hawaii and it's someplace that's really special to me. And, but I always knew that if you don't put yourself out of your comfort zone, you'll never grow. And uh, so I, I really wanted to, 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 to push myself. And so it was like that same feeling of just like, Oh my gosh, I'm embarking on this crazy journey, man. Like, I don't know what's going to happen, you know? And yeah, it's just wild. So it's, it's kind of nuts now being, uh, this being my year two now, um, and kind of having a lot of tournaments under my belt now and a lot more confidence. I feel like I've grown so much as an individual and also as an angler and, uh, kind of learned how this game like really, really kind of plays out. And it's, it's wild, man. It, it is. It's a wild job, <laughs> <laughs> man. Well, there's no doubt it, it's, it's, uh, there's a lot more to it than just fishing. And, mm. uh, you know, you're, you're traveling, you're traveling now across the country. Uh, the, on that invitation, um, mm -hmm. to the elites, the entry fees are covered the first year. Or how does, no, how, no. So they, so they just they, give you an invite. They give you an invite. You, you win, they like you win a boat, but you win a boat to lease for the year. So they give you a boat to use for the whole year. So I got to use a Ranger 520L um, that kind of came rigged. It had a trolling motor and like, I think one graph, uh, no, two graphs on it. And so I, you know, I, I, I had purchased a 360 for it. I had to, I, I'd never had an active target. Um, so I, I purchased one of those. Um, Cause I, and uh, I had to like kind of kit the boat out, and um, and then for the the entry fees, they pay for half your entry fees. So oh, twenty okay. twenty five grand, I think it was either twenty or twenty five grand they pay for, and then you had to front the the rest of it. So um, after is that, is that just for one year? Yeah, that's just for one year. One year, yeah. Okay. And then and then you're so you you qualify. They they give you two years with the invitation regardless of how you do your first year. Right. And, um, and then, but then there's no, um, 
there's no compensation or whatever for uh, or uh, subsidy, I should say, for for your second year. It's just like, OK, good luck. We kicked <laughs> you off now, like, you know, like go and get it. And so I was lucky enough to sign with Triton this year um, and they've been an incredible company. Uh, I love their boat. I love the layout. Um, you know, Dustin Schumacher and, and, and the crew over at White River Marine um, has been really, really great. And uh, and so that it's kind of cementing myself in now in this industry that I love so much. It I, I felt like, OK, the Bass Nation and winning the national championship kicks you off and gets you all the tools that like for the most part, all of for, like, OK, here you go now. It's what you do with it. Um, and, and it really depends on how much time and hustle you want to put into marketing yourself. Like there's no one like comes like I luckily I had, you know, Mike um, reached out to me after I won nationals and he gave me so much advice. Guys like John Cruz gave me so much advice, like Polinick, Carl, like all the guys that I, I would look up to um, as I was, you know, grinding through the, the, the ranks and doing Bass Nation and to be able to like hear, you know, their side of things like, okay, like, should I get a camper? Should I do this? You know, all this stuff. And they're like, look here, do like, this is what I did. These are certain options and whatnot. And uh, it really helped me kind of get a better understanding because a lot of it, you, I mean, as a fan, you don't ever see, you don't understand the travel that goes into it. You don't understand the time away from home that goes into it. You don't understand how much money goes into it. And as a, as someone going into uh, an elite season, you literally have to have a hundred grand just to make sure that you're breaking even. And it's kind of sad that we're <laughs> in a sport that you, you make it to the highest yeah. level and you still have to pay. Yep. Um, I, I'm, I'm smiling when you said that, because I looked over at Jocelyn and her eyes about bulged out of her head. <laughs> like what? Yeah. It, it really, it's a, it, that's legit. It takes, it takes a hundred thousand dollars just to play just to play. And, um, I didn't have that, you know, I, I had the 20 grand that I wanted the Bass nation. I had saved up, uh, you know, uh, a little bit from, uh, from my photo business in Los Angeles. And I just knew that I, I had to start, start a campaign and, and go out and make a pitch deck and go and approach companies. And luckily I had a lot of connections through my years in the entertainment, my years in the photo world, uh, all my, a lot of surfing people, because the surf world is similar to the fishing world where it's really tight knit and small. And a lot of them are connected to the like brands like Yeti, you know, and, and, and whatnot. So it's kind of neat on how it all came full circle. And it was like a perfect storm um, where I was able to get, you know, signed on with such incredible partners and sponsors. And, uh, and basically allowed that whole season to even take place. And, um, and basically every single one of them rolled into my, my second year. So I'm really stoked, man. That's great. I, you rolled into, I was concerned about sponsorship. I know, you know, it's the hardest thing, uh, mm. you know, to get, and I know the sponsor climate right now is tough, uh, mm. this year in particular in the fishing industry. So, um, boy, it's, it's awful nice to get a third place finish and, uh, you know, put a, put a little cushion on, on that sponsorship, you know, uh, oh, for what, sure. I, by the way, what's a third place finish payout these days on the elites? Uh, it's 30 grand, 30 grand. That's yeah. a nice chunk of change that, that, oh, that's good. That, that, <laughs> that pays for a few Airbnbs. 
yeah it fills, it, it fills up the tank a little bit and uh you know kind of because i owe 50 uh the, the last payment to bass is in like a couple weeks and we owe fifteen thousand more to finish up the rest of the season so right. it's like half of that's already like it's gone so it's um i think that's something that a lot of people like really don't play into a fact it's like yeah you win 100 grand it's like okay sick like how much goes to tax and then how much actually goes back to bass when it comes to the entry fees um but winning 30 grand is one the most money i've ever made in, in like one shot and uh and especially fishing so it was a milestone on on multiple different levels and i i honestly thought i was like well it's probably gonna be like 20 g's or something and then when lisa like handed me the check i was like partly why this whole like the first top 10 it, it enters you into like a whole new stratosphere you're, you're you broke that ceiling and it's because now for the rest of the year your fishing has already paid for your fishing and there's still more left over you know yes. what i mean like you're you're you go into tournaments in a and, and this is whether you're an elite guy whether you're a weekend guy like mm. if you haven't cashed a check all year long and you keep forking out money forking out money forking out money you're like damn if i don't if i don't cash a check here pretty soon like i'm gonna be in the red by like however however yeah. much but then once you get that that fishing money that pays for the next tournament and the next mm. tournament and the next tournament it's kind of like you're playing with house money there and you still got yeah. some some left over there it's it's that definitely has to play into the confidence factor moving forward you know no, no for no, sure i believe you know i think we're going to see it and then you see it over and over with guys once they make that once they make that breakthrough man it, it all changes and uh and it's quite quite a big breakthrough a lot of people are commenting and appreciating your honesty i see on uh on the im board you know uh because you know it's kind of a peek behind the curtain you know everybody see might see the payouts uh they see the the hundred thousand dollar boat you're driving around in uh but uh, i still gotta pay for that thing too <laughs> <laughs> i think i think our subscriber nicholas mayberry said it best he said what an eye opener i had no idea the sacrifices financially you guys have to make to be where you are in the spot so i mean it, it's true I, I never knew it was that much yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's a hundred thousand to break even, mm -hmm. right? So you you need to generate that in sponsorship or winnings before yeah. you actually earn your first dollar in profit. Uh, you know, and that that encompasses a lot, right, uh, Matt? You got tra you, the entry fees are, are about fifty grand, and yeah. I guess travel and all the other st stuff. Well, gas is gas is thirty grand in itself. Um, with uh you know uh, truck travel and boat because i mean you're a averaging like 150 bucks every two days of gas depending on your fishery and you have three days of practice and then not including your 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 um your, the tournament and that's just your boat that's not including like what's going on in your truck um luckily i i, I drive a, a a toyota tundra with uh, the newer one that has like the like the V6 and and it's incredibly uh, fuel efficient. I get about like 13 ga uh, 13 miles to the gallon, and um, you know it's so crazy. And then you have like your Airbnb costs, and then on top of that, your food. And then I mean, me and you all know like being anglers, we're addicted to tackle. So <laughs> as much as I get a bunch of free stuff, I'm still going to go out and spend money on certain you know baits that maybe I'm not sponsored by and whatnot because we we don't. I mean, we get what we're like 
are the, the, the companies that I'm partnered with, obviously I get their product, but um, when it comes to like certain nuances and like subtleties of certain baits, um, you know, like that Brazilian balsa wood bait or sorry, not balsa wood, but that Brazilian wood bait, like that Marupa thing looks Pedra. amazing. Yeah, the Marumba Pedra. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's uh, it. There's so many different costs that you end up absorbing, and so you know, it, there's a, there's a flip side. You know, I do. I'm so grateful that um, I, I I've had such an impact on the industry where people just just out of the the kindness of their heart want to help me out, and I, I'm. I'm so grateful for that. And I'm so humbled by that to, to have a, a, such an awesome fan base that I have people that reach out to me. And they're like, Hey man, I, I, I got a place, like I got a spare house here and you're more than welcome to like, you know, you know, like set up whatever and, and you can leave. So it's, that's say that that's actually where I've been able to profit in, in a sense where I'm not having to shell out you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in an Airbnb costs, because right now I don't have a home. I don't have my own bed. Like I don't have, you know, when people are like, dude, you're living the dream. I'm like, yeah, but you get to sleep in your own bed at night. You know, <laughs> I, I literally have a really comfy inflatable mattress. That's yeah. It's like maybe the size of like a regular bed, but you know, that's, that's what I call home right now. And and when I get to go back to Hawaii at the end of the season, or when I go and visit my girlfriend in California, like, I feel like, okay, I, that's kind of like, I feel more comfortable being in that space. And, and uh, a lot of the guys, you know, being living out east, when I mean east, I mean anything east of Texas, it's just, you know, they, they're they less than a day drive. And uh, for me to get back into a zone where I can, like, actually kick my shoes off and feel at home, it, it's over a day's travel and, and a flight. And so it's... Um, yeah, it's it's a lot, and and so when I I have people that that reach out to me and 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 offer me a place to stay and stuff like that, it's uh, uh I I don't have pride that where I'm like, no man, it's okay, I'm gonna go and get my own Airbnb. I'm like, dude, if you wanna like that's that supports me, uh, on on this journey because it's 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 a lot of expenses, man, and um uh, and so uh, I it's something that I I appreciate uh, truly, and it's cool because I get to meet so many different people i get to meet um you know different like all the different cultures from different states and whatnot because everyone like you guys up in you know jersey and the west coast like have a whole different way of doing things and down here in the south and then you know on the west coast it's completely different so and it's all eye-opening to me because i grew up in hawaii and where we have our own culture and we have our own uh, identity there that's so unique to the rest of the world so it's just been a cool a cool adventure we're, we're thankful. Uh, and, and, you know, back when I was out on tour, I remember it too. It's, there's so many bass heads around the, the yeah. country and they open up their doors and, and it's really amazing. Uh, and it's awesome that you're having that experience. And uh, Jocelyn, you, you got something our, else on the iron board? Yeah. So our very own Jeff <laughs> wants <laughs> to know, do you guys think that record high gas prices could knock people out of the elites because it's just becoming too expensive to afford? What's yeah, your take I, I, on that? The, those prices. I mean, I'm I'm paying four bucks, four and a half bucks a gallon for uh, for mid grade, you know, gas right now. Well, in California, before I left, gas was up to five bucks, Woo. and uh, yeah. it was like five fifteen, five twenty. Um, I was driving a Forerunner at the time. It took me an hour to get to uh, Castaic, and then um, luckily, out of my old Ranger, the thing would sip 
like because I had a 150 two stroke and a f one working 14 gallon gas tank. And so the lakes are pretty small there. So I would be able to get away with like six to eight gallons of gas if I did like a whole day. Um, but it would still be a hundred bucks just to go fishing because then the truck, the truck would be at least 65 to 70 bucks just to get to the ramp and back. And then on top of that, um, so it, you know, to answer your question, it, I, I think it does put incredible strain, um, on people. Honestly, I personally wish that there was a way that we can, you know, transition to like some type of like solar power deal, but I know that it's part of like the fabric of bass to like, you know, catch bass and eat gas or whatever it is, you know, burn cast, you know? And so it's, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's trippy. That's why I really dig the whole kayak thing. And I, I love that the, the whole kayak movement has been such a big uh, deal you know, more recently because it's one, you have a uh, less environment, uh, environmental impact, but then two, it's, uh, you know, like the, 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 the working men and women that want to go out and not feel like they're breaking the bank to go and compete, you, you have a platform now. So I think that's really neat because it definitely, I know a couple guys dropped out last year because of financials and I don't know, like, I, I don't want to mention names, but it's, it gets tough. It's like some of the guys, um, you know, weren't as lucky of getting certain sponsors and, and, and also like getting allocated certain funds to be able to even finish a, an event. Because sometimes when you had a rough year and you're not making checks, you're not like making, uh, making the cut and you're paying, you know, okay, it's 10,000 this week. And then two weeks later, Oh, I, I owe another 10,000. You're like, Oh, okay. And then like, and then a, a month will go by and then like another 5,000 yo. And so it, it, it definitely climbs together and that's just entries. And so on top of that, just to make it to the events itself with gas prices being high, it's, it hurts. And so it, you're it, down it, in Texas. It's like, okay. <laughs> it, it's a big deal. I remember, I remember changing my practice strategies when gas prices were in the $5 a gallon and I would, I would strategize, uh, you know, we're, other times you, you would like, if you, if you got a wild hair and you wanted to go check out a Creek, that was 20 or 30 miles away. You just go, just go but drive <laughs> at, five, at $5 a gallon. You're like, uh, we're going to go there tomorrow. Mm -hmm. We'll, we'll yeah. drive to that launch ramp and go check that place out tomorrow. Yeah. It changes. Yeah. Changes. yeah. I'm the same way. I, I, I do the same thing. Even now with like, um, certain places we get like $3 and some change gas. And then when I, when I go, uh, when we go East, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely do, excuse me, more of that. Um, because it it you don't want to as much as you want to go and check certain areas and, and new water you don't want to put yourself in a financial deficit where you're like that's being irresponsible like because you can go and drive which is going to be a lot more fuel efficient than burning a, you know gas at 250 going 60. and then also in practice i don't hammer down when i'm going to places like i cruise i'm going like 35 40 you know, and some guys are just like letting it eat all day. And I'm just like, that's so unnecessary. Cause then even <laughs> though like a four stroke is really fuel efficient, you're going to burn way less gas if you're less than 5,000 RPM. So yeah. yeah, that's something that I learned from uh, Greggy, Mr. De Palma. He's like, yo bud, just keep yeah. it under 5k and you'll be all right. So I'm like, okay. Yeah. So I've been like kind of doing that and it saves a little bit on the gas. It, it, de it definitely saves a lot. Riz does not understand that his boat never <laughs> is under five. Uh, Jocelyn, you I've, never, I've never, I've never caught a bass going 70. So this is true. <laughs> you cannot catch a bass going 70. <laughs> what? Um, 
Jonathan Smith wants to know, do you target specific lure purchases to maximize your dollar, such as ones that are good versus what are what's new on the market? Well, uh, what, what, what kind of, sorry. I, so do I you target specific lure purchases to maximize your dollar or um, like such as the ones that are what you think are good versus trying new ones that are out in the market? I, I'm I'm probably the last person you want to talk to about this because uh, <laughs> I, I, I'll pay three hundred dollars for a swim bait. So um, for me, there's no price on excellent craftsmanship and a lure that does its job. So I've yes. some of the the baits that I've fished this week. They're thirty dollar balsa baits, and I lost a couple of them. And uh, and so like, and I, I have. I can't even start to tell you how many glide baits I have. And, and, and it's, <laughs> and it's not like I, I buy, it's not like I buy them to collect them. Like I, a lot of the swim bait dudes do. Um, I literally fish every single one and I, I try to hook rash every single one because I think a, a rashed up bait um, just gets a bit better and you just get more confidence with it for oh, me personally. Sure. But now like a, like a mega bass one ten. like before I was with mega bass. Yeah. I was like, dang dude, that's steep for a jerk bait. And then I bought one and that changed my life. And then I was grateful enough to sign with them in 2018. And, um, and then uh, when I won rap nationals, um, you know, the, the, head boss he sent me a text he said when the dust settles we're in your corner and uh to have that text and to get that support from a company that has such a high quality of of uh of lure making and and the the prestige of it all i just, was just so humbled so it's it's one of those things man you really can't put a price on on certain baits when you know that they're going to be effective and um, and if you're a serious tournament angler, sometimes you you have to make those investments, and and, and you, you you be wise with it. Don't be frivolous. But um, I mean, when you go to certain places like Havasu, or if you go like you know uh, to anywhere like Hartwell or something, you need a Vision One Ten Pro Blue. You know, it's it's just something you need. So it's it's uh yeah. I mean, I hope that answers the question. That's a, it's a great answer. And I, I will tell I want to share this. And I learned this in 08 of the crash of 08 when I went through this gas prices were, you know, out of control. Mm -hmm. And what we're all like this. We're obsessive. We're about to have a tournament wherever it's at. And you can't help. Like your your research says, I need, you know, mega bass 110s. I need uh, glide baits. I might, I might need 15, you know, uh, I don't know, a certain color. Senkos, black. Yeah. Just a ton <laughs> yeah, of them, right? And, eight bucks for a pack. <laughs> yeah. And you, you spend, you spend, you know, 500 in this order, 500 on that order and you get to the waterway and, and you wind up catching them on a shaky head, you yep. know? <laughs> and, and, and so what, what I started doing and I, I started taking advantage of the great the shipping opportunities that exist with the companies. And I started, minimalizing or becoming mm -hmm. trying to be a minimalist where mm -hmm. i would keep a certain number a small amount of certain key things and i'd wait to get through the first or second day of practice and then i'd put in an overnight order of whatever the products that i might need are and yeah. uh that wound up saving me tens of thousand dollars a year in in tackle you know just from you know my nat all of us were obsessive yeah. about it you know yeah 
that's a great tip, Pete. I, and I, I, I try to harness that same bit, you know, cause like, uh, otherwise you're going to buy 50 packs of, of everything. And because you're like, well, I don't want to run out, but don't want to run like, out. Say, and then you go <laughs> and like, you catch them on like this one random color that you had one pack left and six worms left. You're like, Oh, sick. Uh, <laughs> like what? <laughs> you know? But that's fishing, you know, and, uh, and what, and I think it happens more times than not where you end up catching them on something that you didn't expect. Right, um, right. I, I mean, unless you're going up north and you're like, oh, okay, I wonder if they're going to eat a jerk bait. Like, no, they'll eat one, you know. But it's it, it, there's certain times where it's you like you do all your research, you get on YouTube, you get on Bass U, and you're just like do all this stuff, and then it comes time, you're like, okay, they're not they're not biting it. Um, this cold front came through, and I have to throw you know a finesse football jig, or I need to go and do something else. So, yeah, it's yep. kind of wild. Yeah, it, it, it can be obsessive. Uh, and money. You talk about fuel prices. Mm-hmm. And you didn't spend a lot of fuel in this tournament from what I saw. Uh, it looked to me like you were fishing, like, right across from the launch ramp. Yeah, so, I mean, um, I, I love that previous discuss- discussion as we as we switch gears into the tournament. Um, <laughs> because, uh, you know, it's I actually did burn a lot of gas. Um, but before I was on Lay Lake and we were, uh, we were just kind of, you know, shooting the crap. Um, uh, I was with, uh, um, it was like, uh, who was it? Hamner, uh, Cobb and Walters was staying in the cabin next to us. It was myself and Stetson Blaylock. And then there was Brock Mosley, Tyler, the vet and, um, and, uh, Hank Cherry. And we were at like, after the, the event, we're all hanging out. And, um, and Hank Cherry goes, Hey man, when we get to the Sabine, I'm just telling you from experience, like don't spread yourself too thin because you can run two mile, two hours in each direction and still have more water to cover. And I thought that that was, that was, even though it was just like one, one, fr- like one little sentence, it, it was impactful because a lot of anglers will spread themselves thin. They'll go trailer to the netches, go fish the netches for a day, go trailer to like, you know, Houston, go fish Houston for a day and then spend one day fishing around the takeoff there's so much water in and around that place. And I, I didn't go down and pre-fish it. I wanted to, I didn't get a chance to. And when I showed up and I was looking on, on, uh, on the maps, I was like, Oh my gosh. Okay. So based off of history, Christy wanted up river. Okay. I want to spend one whole day as far as I can run up North and see how, like how comfortable I feel running that, like a 21 foot giant Triton up the river. And, uh, and then my second day practice, I was like, okay, well, let's go. Let's talk. Well, one go one, one day at a time. So I go, I go up river. I get about 20 miles up river. I, and I, it gets really tight. A, a lot of S turns. I smoke a stump. I was going like 25, 30. I smoke a stump. Boom. Like kicks my motor back, everything. I, I, I trim up, check, make sure all my leaves are still there. They're there. I'm like, okay, uh, let's not do that again. Like, you know, okay. trim back down. It looks like it's kind of open. I, as soon as I get on pad again, boom, smoke is another stump. And I like instantly just start to shrivel up. I'm like, I don't want to tear up my boat for the, for the rest of the season, just because I'm going up to check up like on these areas. And I ended up fishing up that way a little bit. I, I didn't have like any, uh, you know, too much success up there. And so I'm like, you know what? No, this isn't, I, I got a couple bites off the main river. And so I, I made my way back down and I, and I started fishing, um, some of the main river stuff. And, uh, and that's kind of like where, 
I, I pulled back in on that stretch uh, that I ended up fishing during the tournament and I caught a couple keepers out of it flipping and, and none of them were, were too big, but they were keepers. And on this, during this tournament, that, that was so key just to get a stretch where there's keepers. Cause you'll get stretches where they're all shorts. They're all eight to 11 and three quarter inches. And so rolling in on that, that spot, catching a couple keepers, I was like, okay, that's on the list. That's one of the stretches that I can go and hit with confidence and be able to pick it apart. And so day two, my, my goal was to go to Cal Bayou and go check out Adam. Um, because I know that those were uh, also historically like decent places, not too far of a run. And uh, they're relatively small that you can break them apart in a day. I caught two keepers in, in, in those places. And I looked on the map and there was a, there was like this oxbow that was upriver about 15 miles that I had confidently ran past it uh, without smoking any stumps. And I was like, okay, let me, let me make sure that this is like legal water to fish. And so I, I sent the GPS coordinates to Lisa Talmadge, I sent her a screenshot of everything. And I was like, can I fish this? And she says, yes, you can fish that. You just can't fish this one section of it. I'm like, no problem. And so, um, the, uh, day that was, sorry, day three of practice, I ended up at, at 12 o'clock. I went up to that, that spot and I rolled in. It's a kind of a tricky little idol to get into the spot. And then it started, it opened up into this beautiful bass Narnia of laydowns <laughs> and clear water and no one around. I, I, there was not a single boat in there. And I start throwing around the spinnerbait and I start catching shorts and, and I'm like, okay, let me just go another hundred yards. I go another hundred yards, catch a keeper. And I'm like, Oh shoot. All right. Maybe they're in here better. I flip a little bit, catch a couple more shorts, throw a spinnerbait again. Uh, I like a two pounder eats it at the trolling motor. And one that clued me in on something that I'll, I'll, I'll tie in later on, but it, it, it told me, okay, there's fish in this area that one, aren't getting pressured too much, and two, there's a large population of shorts, meaning that there, there's probably uh, a, a bunch of keepers that are mixed in. So in my head, I'm like, I found my zone. I don't see any other boats in here right now. Um, it's, it's a very big section uh, of the river where I can you know, let certain sections rest. I can go back through. Uh, there's so many laydowns and trees in the water that there's multiple ways to attack it. Uh, and I got excited. I was like, okay. And, and, you know, I was staying with uh, Stetson Blaylock um, and the Fraser brothers and they were having a tough practice. And I told them about my practice ahead. They're like, dang, dude, you're going to top 10. We're going to bottom hundred. And I'm like, I'm like, bro, if I can cut a check, I'll be stoked. Like, I think I can catch like six pounds and some change a day. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, hopefully I'll be able to survive in here. So go to day one. I, uh, first thing I was thinking, um, and this is another lesson that I had to learn early on was if you have something that's key, you do not stop short of that by a hundred yards. You shut down as close as you feel comfortable and you fish it because someone else found it. And someone's gonna beat you there and catch those fish. Wow, and, that's uh, a bold statement, man. That's that's so that's such an impactful thing, and you're absolutely right. You know, you, yeah. you you've got too much talent in the field to uh, to risk it. Yep, and and nine times out of ten, 
at least two other guys have found your little juice honey hole that you're like, no one else have found this. There's no way I had to like idle 20 minutes and then run another five miles and then idle through and then push through all through this area. Da, 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 da. Other people found it because everyone has the same tools as you. Everyone else has Google Earth. Everyone else has Navi, all this stuff. And so I was thinking, okay, I'm going to go run up river, go hit my stretch, try and put a limit in the boat. I picked up a buzz bait. I started going, I didn't catch a single fish on a buzz bait all, all week, but, um, uh, Micah keyed me in. He's like, dude, I, I caught one on a buzz bait. And, um, and then John Kelly, I call him pebbles. He, he's like, dude, I caught one on a buzz bait too. And, uh, oh man, why are you call pebbles? <laughs> I call him pebbles because the, we started rooming together. John Kelly and I are yeah. like really good friends and, and we're like going buying groceries and he goes and grabs this thing with like fruity pebbles and puts it in the box. And I look oh, at yeah. him like, are you serious? And he's like, he's like, what? And I'm like, bro, I'm gonna call you Pebbles. And he just laughed about it. And like <laughs> Stetson Blaylock and Jamie Hartman was there, and we're like, Pebbles, pop. And then we just started it like instantly stuck. And so, and that's so. That's yeah, great. It, when I refer to him as Pebbles, it's it's John Kelly. And so, um, so Pebbles is like, yeah, no, I got I got like a buzzbait fish. I'm like, okay, you know what? I didn't even fish a buzzbait during practice, but I'm gonna tie one on and I'm gonna fish it. I start going down the bank in zones that I had caught shorts. I started catching keepers on the buzz bait and right. within an hour I had a limit and I was pumped and none of them were big. Like the biggest one was like maybe a pound and a quarter, but I was stoked. I was like, okay, I have a limit and this is, you know, this is, this is awesome. Now I can kind of slow down certain areas after about an hour and a half. Uh, Jake Whitaker comes in and I was like, okay, shoot. Like he starts bouncing back and forth and it's a really narrow slew. He starts bouncing back and forth on a zone that I completely left because I wanted to go back through it with something else and fish. And so I started feeling a little rushed and I was like, okay, like, let me get through this one real quick. And then, you know, turn around and, and Jake and I are cool. So he's like, all right, man, like, you know, fish where you want. Da, da, da. He's like, I'm out of here in 10 minutes. He leaves. I'm like, sweet. Oh, I have it all to myself again. And, and, uh, it's one of those places where you can hear a boat idle in because you won't hear any boat traffic. And, um, I fish it for another hour and I start going back through this key stretch again and I turn the corner and there's my boy, Brandon Polinick. And I'm like, <laughs> and I look up and I tell him like, just when you find a honey hole all to yourself. And he's like, <laughs> man, I was thinking the same thing. And like, <laughs> Yeah, I'm so happy to have him as a teammate now, and uh, he's definitely a good friend of mine. And so it was cool because, like, him and his, his cameraman Kyle, like, we're all boys. And so he's fishing one side, I'm fishing the other side. We're just like bull crapping the whole way down, and just like you know, catching short. He'd be like, uh, I would hook a big one, and be like, giant, giant, and just like mess with each other and like get a 10 incher and like throw it back. And we had a good time. I uh, didn't catch a single fish in there over a pound and a quarter. And um, I ended up weighing six, uh, six, seven on day one, Brandon weighed six, six. And so in my head, even though I had caught that two pounder in there in practice, I was like, I don't know if I can be, if I can catch more than six, maybe seven pounds in here. So it was kind of like a little bit worried now that I'm sharing water with the prodigy. Yeah. And, well, where, where and, did six, six, one, where did that have you after day one? Uh, six seven. I was in fifty fifth place. I was tied with Pebbles for fifty fifth <laughs> place, but because he had a bigger fish, he was leading. Um, or they put his name up above mine. Okay. And so, 
I, uh, I was thinking, okay, what, what do I do? You know, do I run back in there and, you know, fish it? And then do I go and check in on my other high tide spots that I had? And, uh, and Stetson, you know, who's an incredible fisherman, he's not great at practice, but he knows how to read conditions and figure them out on, on when it counts. And he's like, dude, if it's not happening by like 11 o'clock, 1030, get out of there, bro. And you're, and you're over it. And, um, and so I'm like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to beat, cause I had a better boat draw. I'm like, I'm going to beat Jake and Polnick into there. I'm going to fish my stuff and I'm going to try and grab a limit as fast as I can. And I'll stay in there till, you know, 11, 1130. And if it doesn't work out, I'm out of there. I get in there. The fishing's a lot slower instead of picking up that, uh, the buzz bait. It just didn't, I, I buzzed bait a little bit. And I was like, it doesn't feel right. Pick up the spinner bait and I didn't feel right picked up the, uh, this balsa bait and I started burning the balsa around the ends of the trees and boom, catch a keeper, boom, catch a second keeper. And, uh, and in this slough, there was a couple trees that were like situated out in the middle where you had to like really pay attention because you'd be on your trolling motor and only almost threw yourself out because there's only three or four foot, uh, three or four inches of visibility. And I, I, I scanned over and I saw this one tree that was in about 10 foot, of, like eight, eight foot of water. And it looked like there was a couple bass on it, but there was the whole place is a gar hole. So there's gar everywhere. And, uh, and there's a, a bunch of crappie, a bunch of goggle eye and stuff. And I, I noticed that there's, you know, a couple of fish set up in this tree. I don't know if they're catfish or gar or bass. And I, and I'm, whenever I have a marshal in the boat and, you know, and they're interested in, in, in what I'm doing, I, I love to talk through certain things. And so I tell them like, look, man, like I'm gonna set up on this tree right now, and I'm gonna I'm gonna throw you know throw this crank. I'm gonna start doing it. I'm like always want to hit multiple angles, multiple angles, multiple casts. And he's like, oh okay, okay. And I'm like, like like it must have been my seventh or eighth cast through the same tree on the same cast. Stick one. I was like, oh, it's a good one. A freaking three and a half pounder comes out and goes. Grr, 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 grr. And I was like, oh, oh my, my heart dropped. <laughs> I like get it, get it to the boat. And like, I stick my hand in its mouth and it shakes. The back treble goes into my pinky and I'm like, ooh, 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 grab it and get in the boat. I look, it's, it's just, just under barb deep. So like the barb was almost past and I'm like, ha, <laughs> and it was right in like the joint of my pinky. And I'm like, okay, take that out. And I'm like, I just caught a three and a half pounder. I'm like, that just, that just made up for the rest of these little like pound fish that I'm going to catch in here. And I'll probably like, okay, let me just start grinding again, start grinding. And by 10 o'clock I had a limit and uh, it was a limit for like seven and some change. And I knew that I needed like at least like a high seven bag to, to fish Saturday. And on the way out, I was like, you know what? I fished up at like 11, 11, 15. And I'm like, you know what? I'm, I, I don't think I'm going to be able to call up any of these like pound fish in here without really just burning like a couple more hours. I'm like, you know what? I got to just go fish. I got to go and check some of my stretches and uh, expand on certain little areas that I got bit on. So I, I come out of the river on my way back down, there was this one little stretch that I had gotten um, a bite in a, in a patch of pads. And there was these nice, deep uh, main river cypress trees 
um, and where I got a you know a couple bites flipping in, in practice, and I go in, I start flipping around a crab eight, and um, flipping there, and like probably like the sixth tree down, I stick a two pounder. I flip that in, and I was ecstatic because I'm like, gold. Dude, two pounders I, are gold on this. Abuse. Gold, 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 gold. You see it like I only I caught two fish that were that were close to two pounds in three days of practice. Every single other fish that I caught were were little. And so, um, I, uh, it's because the salt and I, I believe the salt stunts them there. And, uh, whenever you have a fishery where you have a tidal fishery that, that involves brackish water and also, uh, like a, a very, uh, diverse biomass of different predators, you're going to have a competition for bait. And so I think that's why those bass are that size, but not to Matt, say there's Matt, good Matty. ones in there. Yeah, there are. Big, let me ask. Let me uh, inject this because learn this lesson at the Mobile Delta, which is the same type of thing where the freshwater is real close to the salt water, and all the fish are tiny there too. And the bio, yeah, the bio, the bio because the the bass spend a lot of their time feeding in the salt, and mm. what it it attacks their organs. Mm. This is the interview that that I had with the biologist, and it it attacks their organs such that they can all their lifespan is shortened. So they're only, yeah, they're only living a couple years, which is why, you know, one, you know, a three pounder is a unicorn, you know, because, you know, they're, they're deceased, uh, just cause their, their body can't process that, that heavy salt. Uh, cause I, I love that fact, Pete, dude, that's awesome, bro. I love, I'm like such a fish nerd. I love that yeah. stuff. <laughs> and must be what's happening at the Sabine must be the same kind of scenario, you know? Yeah. Makes perfect sense. Um, but, you, but, but you, either so way. You, you got a couple unicorns. So I got, a, I got a couple unicorns. I had a three and a half and a two pounder, um, along with, you know, a, like three, one pounders in my bag. And so I was like, I got eight pounds. Like, I, I, I think yeah, I'm like, okay, You're I, in. Yeah, I'm like, I, I think I'm in, like, I, I made a check at the Sabine. Like <laughs> I was like, yeah, like I was so pumped. <laughs> and here comes Brandon just like, bah! like ripping. He sees me, he comes off of it. Oh, he's like, you got them? And I'm like, I got five. And uh, he's like, I got two. I'm like, get your butt in there, dude. And, <laughs> and like Kyle's right behind him in, in, the, in the chase boat. And I like look at Kyle. I'm like, God, I got him. And like Kyle's like, yeah. And because uh, I, I knew that it was going to like go and get in Brandon's head a little bit. So I just wanted to go and mess with him. And uh, just because like we're just it's it's just funny how we always punk with each other. But um, I, I was like, OK, you know what? sick i hit the stretch i wanted to hit i hit a couple more little short stretches that i wanted i hit this one little oxbow that i that i caught a couple good keep fish in and practice and i i'm looking around and there's no movement there's no current flow um there's no the, the bubbles aren't moving it, it's all static there wasn't a lot of crabs around and i was like okay this this isn't the time right now i gotta leave and so i i told my marshal you'll put your vest on we're out like shoot shoot down river past the takeoff and i remember that stretch that i caught a couple keepers in and this is around two o'clock on day two i already had eight pounds in the bag and i was pumped because i knew that i was going to make make i was like now it's time to go practice i need to go and elaborate on this one stretch that i caught a couple keepers in and just see if this is a place that i can go and actually spend more time in um because of the way that spinnerbait fish ate at the trolling motor on two different occasions, two different areas where I had a fish off the bank 
eat a spinnerbait right at the trolling motor and it was a better fish, I thought to myself, you know what? I think the better fish are slightly off the bank. One, you have the three and a half pounder that came out of a tree that was in eight feet of water. And I, it just kind of, all those little clues came together. I'm like, okay, I tie in a slightly deeper diver balsa, uh, balsa bait, fire up there with like a square bill rod. I was flying, uh, fishing a Orochi um, flat side special. And it's a smaller profile, uh, like crankbait. And I'm like, oh yeah, it feels good on this thing. I actually get like a full cast in. I get three cranks on it and she loads up and I'm like, oh, I got one. Three and a half pounder comes out. I'm like, like my eyes just get huge. My heart starts moving. My marshals like, I'm moving, I'm moving. And (laughs) he's like scrambling out of his seat and I, I, I get that fish to the boat. I belly it, get it in the boat. And I'm like, dude, I have like 10 pounds, 11 pounds. I'm like, what the, uh, I'm like, dude, they're, okay. So I cast another time, second cast, stick another two and a half pounder comes jumping out of the water. I'm like, oh my gosh, get it in the boat real quick. One cast later, boom, stick another two pounder. I'm like, oh my gosh, they're here. They're here. And I was I was ecstatic because I knew I had found like, I'm like, I had found them in practice. I didn't know how dense they were and I didn't know the size that was there. And because of that hunch to go back in there and investigate more and, and use something else that I didn't fish and everyone else in the field, I tell you was flipping. Like that was the bite. That was like the general consensus amongst everyone that like, yeah, man, like yeah, you just watch everyone was just flipping. And, uh, and so I had caught three more fish there uh, on day two uh, till about 2.30, 2, 2.30 that I was like, okay, that's not going to help. And they were like pound and a half or so. I'm like, dude, I got to go. Like, I can't keep beating these fish up because, you know, a pound and a half or is gold on a Sabine. And I'm like, dude, I'm out. Like, I'm, and I'm like, no one saw me in here. I'm out of here. And um, was this the, was this like the the stretch where you know you ran into brock and and hunter yep. was there and and yeah but so, nobody, so was, nobody was there in the afternoon on day two no one was there in the in the day on day two i didn't know that, that i didn't know brock had found that i uh there was another boat in the far corner and i and so i left and i got out of there I didn't, I didn't like make too big of a scene when I caught those fit. I mean, I might've, I mean, I definitely, <laughs> I definitely probably yelled when I caught the fish. And, um, and so I get out of there with that bag, 13 pounds, 13 ounces. I was ecstatic. I was like, Brandon came in, he had six pounds for, for his, his five. And, uh, whenever I can beat Paul and Nick, I always feel good. And I'll kind of like, I, but because I had a sack, I didn't want to rub it in his face too much. But he's like, you get him? And I just like lifted it up. He's just like, good job, dude. And I'm like, he's like, did you get him in there? And I'm like, I got one good one in there. But trust me, the other ones weren't from there. And he's like, okay. And um, and so, yeah, that that jumped me up from 55th place to 5th place. And, um, wow. and so that night, uh, I get a call from Brock. And he's like, hey, man. I uh, just want to let you know, like where you caught those fish on, uh, in the afternoon, like that's where I'm starting in the morning. And I'm yeah. like, how'd you find out that I'm fishing there? And really? it was that boat that was in the corner was Tyler Rivette. 
Uh, and so Tyler told Brock that I had fished the stretch. And so Brock reached out to me and he's like, Hey man, can I have that stretch for the first 20 minutes? And then after that, uh, I'll probably fish it till about mid morning and then I'm out. And, um, I'm like, dude, you're leading it, man. Like, okay, I'll give it to you for 20 minutes. And then like, you know, I found those fish too. So he's like, yeah, dude, like, come on in. What, what, well, wait a minute. Uh, is this is day three this is day three about is he a better boat draw than you or, or yeah because he was about... he was le he was leading it oh you do go i didn't know that on day three they send you out by the order of your uh, weights yep okay i didn't realize that i thought they were still rotating numbers on day uh, three. well oh i mean they 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 might have i i honestly i don't well, day three, I was in fifth place. Yeah, so yes, he he did have a better boat draw than me. Yeah, it it is by order. Okay. Um, okay. I, yeah, I was just curious because that man, if you were ahead of him and you gave him that courtesy, that's monster. But uh, okay, so he he asked for a little courtesy and you gave it to him because he's leading the tournament. Man, that's yep. pretty gracious. Yeah, and uh, so I started timer. I, I, I fished. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. You're like, we're not, it's not going to be 21 minutes. It's not no, going like, to be 22. I'm, we're 20 like, minutes. I, my man. watch, like 20 minutes, dude. Like, boom, start it. Yep. And um, I go in, I fish another stretch. I catch a, like a one and a half pounder. And I was stoked because I was like, heck yeah. Um, I'm like, timer, go, timer goes off, throw my vest on, idle around the corner, pull my trolling motor. I watch him flip up there. Bloop. <laughs> four and a half pounder Oof. and he's about 50 yards down the stretch now, you know, 50, 60 yards down the stretch and like his whole flotilla erupts and everything like that. And like, I, I, I had heard him catch a couple other fish before that. And, uh, I, I was like, I just got to do my thing. You know, I can't let it get to me. And so I pick up my crank and I, I just start hitting, uh, as many things as I could. And the, 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 the what was so unique about that spot was that, it's a um, kind of like this, like a like a marina in a way, um, but a marina for uh, barges. And um, I think it, it was a place where you know they go and get repaired and whatnot. And there's these old um, pylons that are just subsurface that jet out perpendicular to the seawall that's also submerged. And um, the bait was coming in and out uh, along that bank. And the bass were sitting up along the pylons. And, uh, and so while he was fishing, you know, a popper, like really slow, um, you know, I, I pick up the balsa bait and, uh, that, and then also a mega bass Z2 crank. And I just start like burning it, you know, as fast as I can. Cause I'm like, okay, this is a bite window right now that they're, that we just got to like capitalize on. And like, I think it was like my second cast, I catch a two, put it in the boat keep going, keep going. Boom. Another one, like one and a half pounder, wow. keep going, keep going. And he catches another really good one, like another, like three pounder, uh, like a little bit further down. And, um, within a half an hour, uh, I had my limit, um, across the way I see, um, I see, uh, what's it called? I see Hunter pull in. Mm-hmm. And, Cause I think, so he'd saw the flotilla of boats. He pulls in like on the op opposing stretch. He starts fishing the pylons that are on that side. And then about like a half an hour later, Kenta comes like kind of screaming down. He sees that the flotilla and pulls in and then him and Hunter 
agree to, to fish that other side. And so right. Kenta and Hunter are on one side and then Brock and I are, are, are sharing this one stretch. Um, and, uh, yeah. And so I just, you know, I, I, had, I picked up there that one, there's a large school of fish that have been set up there. I believe a good amount of them are retreads. Um, and I believe that, uh, th it was prime conditions for these fish because you had deeper water access, you had offshore structure and you had bait all present. There was mullet, there was crab, there was these other small type of, uh, shad that were in the water. And so that's what I was like trying to imitate. And, um, I, I knew that with my bag with day two, that there was a bite window at two o'clock that I had to capitalize on. And that guaranteed that there was going to be a morning bite as well. And, uh, I ended up weighing, I think eight, eight, six or something on that Solid. day. Solid, Solid. Bag. above average, um, above Solid. average, really stoked. I was like, heck yeah, I'm pumped. I stayed there in the entire day. Um, I literally went back and forth that entire stretch and, uh, and I didn't have a bite from 1030 till 145 and made about probably a thousand casts in between, you know, those, the, those, those time slots. And, um, and then, yeah, I, uh, you know, I told Brock, I'm like, look, man, you're leading it. You know, you can, I'll give it to you for another 20 minutes and, and then, uh, and then I'll, I'll be in there. And I started from the other side on day four. And, uh, I, I caught a one little keeper on another spot that I, that I started on just to, you know, to give him the respect that he's leading the tournament. And, um, and then I was like, timer's up, got in there on the opposite side of the stretch, started going down with my crank, picked up one, put it in the boat, told, told Brock, good luck, passed him. And on Sunday there was overcast because we had chance of a high chance of rain and the wind was up and those were two elements that we didn't have all week neither in practice until like five o'clock in the afternoon when these like low pressure systems would roll in with thunderstorms and whatnot and so looking at it it reminded me of the delta and instantly i thought spinnerbait i was like Oh my gosh, dude. Like this is so spinnerbaity. I said it on live. I start making up my own adjectives. I'm like, Oh, this looks spinnerbaity. Ooh, this looks swim baity, you know? Yeah. And so I'm like, Oh, this looks so spinnerbaity. And I like pick up a spinnerbait. I had only made three casts with a spinnerbait the day before. And so I didn't even bother retying it or nothing. It, like everything was good, but the spot you had these rusty pylons and these like shrap metal kind of rusted pieces that were all subsurface and you would hang up on them occasionally and these bass would position around them. And so I fire up next to this pylon and I'm rolling my spinnerbait nice and slow. It was like, uh, I'm like, just a slow rolling it out. I take a pylon and come over the pylon, boom, set the hook, a three and a half pounder comes jumping out of the water. And this is just after Brock had fished that stretch. And I was like, oh my God, she surges. I like get her around the trolling motor. And then she goes for another surge and just breaks me off. Oh no. And I laid down on the deck of the boat and I knew that that was such a crucial fish that I just lost and it hurts so bad. But 
as soon as you let yourself go down the rabbit hole of guilt, of self pity, of <laughs> of of like ups, uh, like uh, like upset, uh, like uh, like just just frustration uh, of all these things that you just want to like throw your head into the rail of your boat. I'm like, huh. get up. All right, we're over it. I had to say oh. it out loud. Up, oh, we're over it. Spilt milk. They're here, and they're eating a blade. I went in my box, pulled out another one, tied it on, checked the line. Whew, right back to it. Wow. Five pounds later. That's toughness I, right there. That's so hard to do, Maddie. <laughs> it, it'll get you spun real quick, man. Yeah. And, and uh, especially losing a fish of that size. And um, I, like, literally less than five casts later, I stick a like a two seven five or something like that it was like wow. a two and three quarter pounder and i get that in the boat and i was like okay like that was my i think it was my fourth fish i turn around the stretch chop it up at a different angle boom, stick another keeper that was like you know pound and a quarter or something like that get that in the boat and right there that's i don't know if you guys were watching fox sports but i start singing i did a little like <laughs> a little <laughs> little freestyle about the sabine river and losing a fish and um i was like now we're just gonna go have fun man like however today plays out it's my first top 10 i got a camera in the boat i got a bunch of my homies from across the world man and uh, like tuning in and rooting me on we're just gonna have fun man and i want to bring everyone along on this journey with me and we're just like not gonna let like any crap bug me or i'm not gonna, i'm not gonna let like the guy that i'm sharing the water with get to me i'm not gonna let like all the all his flotilla wow. of boats that are with him like i'm just gonna go and do my own thing man and, and and I just start fishing so freely. Like I just felt like, man, okay, they're gonna eat the spinnerbait. After a couple runs, I call up one more on the spinnerbait, and then they stop by eating the the, the spinnerbait. Um, Brock Brock leaves, makes a move, and uh, but the conditions are the same. I'm like, you know what? They'll probably eat a chatterbait right now. I tie on a black and blue, uh, you know, uh, I think it was a half ounce chatterbait, and um, I. I'm like, this just looks so good right now. Like if they're going to eat a blade, they're going to eat a chatterbait. Literally my second cast with a chatterbait, I stick another two pounder and I'm like, oh yeah, get it in the boat. And I was like, I was pumped. I'm like, I got eight pounds, man. Like I got eight pounds on freaking final Sunday, top 10. I'm like, okay, like I'm not probably, I'm not going to move down where yeah. I'm at. Like I'm probably going to stay put and hopefully I'll move up, you know? And, uh, um, apparently, you know, uh, after we checked in, my cameraman told me, he's like, dude, you were in second place, like a, a lot of the day. Wow. And, uh, I, I, I knew I had to, I, I went and fished other water. I fished some new water that I had never fished in practice or anything like that. That were kind of similar areas that were really kind of close by. And I, I, I ended up losing a couple cranks. I ended up, um, uh, just like not getting any bites anywhere else. Uh, went down into Adams, uh, caught a bunch of shorts, and I'm like, nope, I got to be back on the juice by by like 1:45 at the latest because I know that that bite window is going to come, and I got to be ready for him. I roll back in, Brock's on the on the good side of the stretch, and um, uh, uh, and he no sorry, so I, I roll in, he's on the opposite side of the stretch, which is down the corner. I start I start wake, working my way back down. But because the tide was higher, I trimmed my boat all the way up. I put my jack plate all the way up, my prop, everything. The 
the whole time we were going up and down that thing, I had made the, the realization that the way that we were making our cast and whatnot was at a, at a 45. I didn't see him once parallel that bank. So as much as these pylons were rusted wood, uh, rusted metal and, and wood and a bunch of other stuff, I'm like, dude, I'm going to try and squeeze on top of this in this high tide. And I get my XRT, which is a big boat, but that thing can actually go over some pretty skinny water. And I position myself up on top of those pilings and I, and I create a different cast angle and to give these, ba uh, these bass a different look. And I start rolling my spinnerbait down on top of the pilings and hook them hook one and get it and flip it in the boat it's a two pounder or just shy of one and it called me up by i think three quarter of a pound and um i in my head bass track said i had nine pounds and i was like i i weighed them on my scale it said i had like nine something but then i had accidentally changed one of the the fish inputs and so i knew that i had a two and a half pounder that I had taken out on accident. And then I put in like a, a slightly like that one seven five or whatever. And I'm like, and it said I had nine cents. I'm like, oh, I probably have close to 10 pounds, but eh, whatever. That one fish was the difference of 10 grand because nice. I, I ended up beating Keith Poche by eight ounces. And uh, yeah, that's, and it was able to kind of bump me up into third. But if I would have landed that first fish, I probably would have taken second place. Well, thank goodness the mistake was made on the computer on your scale and not reality. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> letting the wrong one go, man. That that can definitely yeah. happen, and we've seen that. But man, what what an amazing uh, finish! But uh, there wasn't wasn't uh, Robertson in involved in this. Yeah, so he well, it wasn't just I, the two of you, right? He was involved in there somewhere. Sharing he was there? around. The, so it was this long stretch. There was a barge that was separating the, the stretch that uh, Brock and I were sharing to this around the corner where Robertson had caught 11 pounds on day three. And so I was like, okay, Robo, you have that little section because, you know, I didn't, I didn't see him in there on, on, on day two, but I was only there for a short window. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I was like, okay, you can have that. I started I started on the other side of the barge. I started fishing down because I caught a couple of keepers there too. And I figured since those fish were there that why wouldn't they be there too? He pulls in at the bottom of that. And so we fish almost to the point where we're together. And I'm like, nope, this is good. And I pull my trolling motor and then I go and I meet with Brock for um, for day three. And so on day four, I didn't even, even glance on that side. And he stayed there and he respected our water. And so did, so did, Brock, uh, so did uh, Hunter and Kenta. They stayed to right. that side. Even if I got, even if Brock wasn't there and I got all the way down to the last side of the, that stretch where it was completely open, they, they, they respected it. I watched Robertson actually trolling motor up to the, that barge. He fished the barge all the way up to the start of my stretch and then turned back around. And wow. I was like, that, that was cool. That was really cool yeah. of him. And, um, and so, um, yeah, that's there. In, in my head, there was ways to make those fish react because I, I figured that, that if you can hit, make as many casts as you can um, to, you know, just and trigger one, you'll get them to go because they're there and there's bait present and there's fish there. And if you got too soaked in with trying to scope 
what was going on. I was using my scope more so for real, like where the pilings were in relation to my right. boat. So to the make habitat, the cast make angle. perfect cast. Exactly. Cause I didn't want to get too soaked in like, Oh look, there's three on top of that piling. Okay. I'm going to make my, you know, like try and jerk bait them. I started doing that, got locked in. I lost a jerk bait to a gar. And I'm like, this isn't my game. Like my game is to go old school, chop up the zone and try to like, try to, get a fish to react and fish confidence in my head. You know what? At this speed, I know I'm making this bait do what it's supposed to be doing. And this fish is going to eat it when it, like when I get it in front of the right one. And sure enough, it did. And I ended up weighing, I think it was 10, uh, it was 10, eight or something like that on the final day, got me in the third. And man, I just, that's just, oh man, I, the, the, the feeling of getting called up, uh, you know, being, trailered up by that tundra and sitting in that triton and and seeing you know those thousands of people at, at orange um and i like pulled out my phone and like filmed it a little bit and everyone was just like waving and like super stoked and kids were asking for autographs and it was it, it's such a cool surreal moment man where i've like arrived at this this new place and this new check mark um a benchmark if you will in my career where I broke that glass ceiling where I feel like, okay, you know what? Uh, I can do it. I belong here. I just, I need one of those. You just need some of those magical days to happen sometimes. Well, you did. Uh, I mean, you come through the national championship, you're out here on the elites, you're putting it all out there and you battle toe to toe with some stellar uh, competitors. Uh, you, you did some really cool stuff. This is a Bash University study in how to uh, excel fishing in a crowd uh making mm -hmm. making the adjustments altering your your casting angles and rate of uh, retrieves all all things that are you know just amazing teaching uh opportunities for for the guys watching today and you know and, and how to be successful uh it's, it's yeah. pretty awesome and, and it you know what what a great recounting of it jocelyn knows over here you make the greatest noises when the fish are jumping out of the water <laughs> yeah i uh you know i, th I think yeah it's it, there's certain sounds that bass make when they eat that just sounds like when they like when they slurp a top bar is like you know it's like there's certain things that just like as as a as like a an, an old actor as like like a guy that did radio as someone who's like an entertainer i just love like uh you know doing accents and stuff like that you know i love like imitating certain sounds and and uh i i just i get so excited because it puts me right back into that moment um and yes yes yeah. and it put us in that moment i'm i'm sad i missed the singing though i was out li oh, I was yeah. listening i was listening the live on my phone because i was out fishing so i was i was yeah. listening to the to what was coming through dot com and oh I, gotcha and, I didn't get to see what was on the, uh, on Fox, but, uh, but it was great. I watched the way in and it was tremendous and congratulations, man, on, on an amazing top 10. And, uh, you know, I'm excited for you. You know, we've got the Northern swing coming up, uh, a lot of smallmouth fishing to be done. And, uh, you know, hopefully you can just build on this and keep it going. Yeah, I hope so too, man. I'm, I'm really excited to go up North. I don't have a lot of experience up there. It's completely different, uh, smallmouth fishery than it is out in the West coast. Um, but now having a little bit more experience with, uh, with at least with the St. Lawrence, um, and I'm going to go do some pre-fishing up on St. Clair and, and Champlain. Um, I, I try to build a little bit of confidence running around in, in, in those sides of fisheries 
Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm really excited and, um, yeah, I just need to keep it going, man. I just can't bomb any of them and hopefully make another couple checks. And if I can do that, I can requalify for next year. Cause right now, um, I'm sitting in like 80th or something in points and I gotta be top 70 or I'm bomboyage. So it's one of those things yeah. you gotta, you know, also a lot of people don't know it's, yeah, you have to requalify through points. And if you're not in, if you're not on tour for over five years, you don't get to drop a bad year. You have to keep up there with points to, to stay in it. But um, yeah, I think, uh, I think it's totally possible. I, I think with this, this now under my belt um, and the new confidence, I, I think I'm, I don't know, hopefully I've right, right the ship, but we'll see. Yes. Well, go do it, my friend. Uh, thanks for taking the time to spend with us, man, and tell, recounting that story with us. It was awesome. Dude, 100%, man. Justin, Pete, you know, Riz, I appreciate you guys having me on. Like, it's it's always a good time talking story with you fellas. And um, uh, Jocelyn, is it? Yeah. Jocelyn. <laughs> Jocelyn, thank, thank you for, uh, you know, uh, adding in some of the, the questions and whatnot. Uh, all you viewers that, <laughs> hi, <laughs> hi. Uh, all the viewers that tuned in um, to this, uh, really, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Um, and, you know, it, it would mean a world of support if you guys, uh, you know, go ahead and follow me on Instagram, Maddie underscore Wong and uh, checked out my, uh, my YouTube and uh, that's Maddie Wong fishing. And uh, if you guys can subscribe and do that whole notification deal, it'd, it'd be really, really cool. You can actually go back in time and see videos. When I started um, it was, I called it capture fish at the time. Um, but now it's called Maddie Wong fishing and it it's videos of me as a co-angler coming up doing like the, the U S open, doing um a, a lot of bass nation events as a co and then transitioning to the front of my boat where i actually qualified for the regionals i i have um i have vlogged the my whole regional experience where i led day one and all that you you can watch me win nationals on a Wachita river and then you can follow my whole journey on becoming a elite bass angler and to where i am now and um, and actually, the, the the journey from California to Texas, where my first year and the first stretch, I almost completely ended my season where I spun out on the middle of the highway in a snowstorm with a brand new truck and a brand new boat. And so oh. you go back, you can watch it all. Um, and it would mean a lot to me if you guys, uh, I know a lot of people say that, but it, it really does. It helps out a lot if you guys, you know, can support me in that way. And, uh, and then also, you know, some, get some of my, my, my private capsule on lateralvisionbrand.com and you can go ahead and type in Maddie Wong and all the proceeds, all the profits from these products go, go to me. So that's just little ways that you can support me. And, um, you know, just like how you guys support me, like having on and talking story about that, uh, that last awesome event. So, well, we appreciate, we appreciate you being with us. It was awesome. How do you, how do you say it? I see you on stage say it a lot. What is it? Uh, Maloha? Aloha and Mahalo together and made Maloha. <laughs> yes. So, so Aloha. Aloha. Hawaiian, yeah. So Aloha in Hawaiian means, um, I, I love you. It means hello. And it also can mean goodbye. So Aloha is a very loaded word. And yeah. and you can also have aloha, which means like uh, the the like life and and love that you can give, you know. And so I always tell people keep aloha in your heart because everyone needs it, you know. And and yeah. and life's too short to to be a negative individual. And then mahalo 
Mahalo. in Hawaiian, mahalo means thank you. And mahalo nui means a lot of thanks. So awesome. mahalo nui to you guys and, and for letting me share a little bit about my culture and a little bit about uh, who I am and the story today. It's <laughs> good times. <laughs> Maloha. <laughs> Maloha. That's going to be my new tagline, I think. Oh, They're going to some weird social post uh, about it, I'm sure. But uh, hey, so, thanks so much. Congratulations again, man. Wish you all the best. We'll be rooting for you. Uh, national Federation National Chat Champ and now top 10 elite uh, qualifier, Maddie Wong. Good luck the rest of the <laughs> season, buddy. Thank you. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. Take care. Have a good day. All right. We'll see you now. Um, that was, uh, man, I really I butchered that. Maloha. Or Mahola. Mahola. <laughs> that's, that's what I do. Guys, that was awesome. Um, man, what, what, a, what a great uh, story. Obviously, you can see how emotional and impactful that was to him as he shared that with us i mean laying you're laying your whole life on the line you know you're sacrificing everything for for this dream and you're chasing it and uh, to have it happen that way and have it have it happen to such a great person is is pretty awesome to see and uh what a treat it was to listen to the story but uh guys we're going to take a quick break and we're going to give away some stuff we got some water woods we're giving away we, can share. we've got a lot of t we got th marine products i see uh a cull system as well as a prop nut uh these are going to be uh some of our prizes we're going to be giving away so uh i hope uh i hope you guys are paying attention we got some cool questions for you don't forget watching us on show so like you said like and share and uh we'll be right back after this Portland Line Master Braid, America's premium super braided fishing line. Manufactured in our Cortland, New York facility and constructed from the highest quality spectra fibers available. Cortland Line Company, made in America since 1915. I have to have the best eyewear. My eyes are essential to doing my job. It's the highest quality lens that I've ever used. Top of the line performance in these glasses. But they're priced for absolutely everyone. The everyday angler can afford them. As a touring professional pro, if I can depend on them, I know the weekend angler can as well. Hobie eyewear, built for the pros. Price for everyone. Welcome back, guys. Uh, man, we're going to give away some cool stuff. This is your last chance if you're watching us over on Facebook, like and share the feed. And uh, we're going to be giving away a cool prize. And uh, while Jocelyn's figuring that out, uh, what's the uh, what's the trivia question? Wait, I think we, uh, we're going to name this, uh, we'll call this the Dan Allen Memorial <laughs> Trivia Question. Ooh, I don't uh, know. He's really going to have to have been paying attention to this one. <laughs> Um, all right, so today's grand prize trivia question. Here it is. So in this tournament, uh, Matty Wong was doing some unique stuff. He was throwing a crankbait quite a bit, putting some key fish in the boat. He mentioned it very briefly. What was the name of the rod that he was the using rod. for his crankbait fishing in this tournament? What was the name of the rod that he was using to throw his crankbaits in this tournament all right all right and 
It'll be about 10 seconds before they get the answer. By the way, get some. I don't some, know. This is <laughs> we get subscribed. It's the frog days of summer. Speaking of which, we got the best Cortland braid frog line. Uh, the best braid John Lay, available. We need more detail than that. We need more detail on the rod for fishing a frog. But right now, we're giving away two spro frogs: a popping frog and a bronze eye Put it together. frog, as a, along with a Bass University hat and uh, and a lot of great stuff. Thirty three percent off for an annual subscription. You can uh, go check that out if you haven't tried Bashu and you you want to see if it's going to help you. Go try that. It's Thirty days for a buck right now. Go check it out. The The content is truly going to help you catch more fish. We have two new seminars added each week, in addition to a kayak training seminar that is going to be added to that uh, course each week. As I, as I see Rich over there frantically uh, scouring the details to see um, to see whether or not anybody's got that answer right. Yeah, we got it. You got it already? We got it. We got it. Sean Lay with. He gave us the entire correct answer there. That is the Mega Bass Orachi flat side special. We had a lot of guys giving us part of the answer, not all together, not missing the, the name and the brand. The correct rod was the Mega Bass Orachi flat side special. Congrats, Sean Lay. Send us your info. For taking congratulations for taking down Dan Allen. Oh uh -huh. my goodness. Did Dan participate in this sure one? Did. He, yeah, was he, did. he was he close. He was close. He had parts of the answer, but he didn't have the whole the whole kit. Wow! That's what I was looking for. It's, so. it, it is very. <laughs> it's hard to beat, Mister Allen. Nicely done. Well done, Sean. Lay. We have a oh. like and share winner is Ralph Harkins. Ralph Harkins. Okay. Thanks, Ralph, for uh, watching us over there on social and liking and sharing the feed, guys. If you haven't signed up uh, for the Ike tournament, come join us for the Ike Foundation. Go to ikefoundation.org. Come join us down in the Chesapeake. We got people from all over mm -hmm. uh, that, you know, from multiple states in the, in the area and from long distances, they come to support this great cause to, to teach, to get rods and reels in the hands of kids and expose kids to fishing that might never get the chance. That's what we're doing. Uh, so come down and join us, have some fun, eat some blue claw crabs and, uh, and have a few cold drinks with us and catch some giant Chesapeake bass because they are going to be available to us. That's happening on Saturday. A deadline to sign up is tomorrow. So get signed up by end of day tomorrow and uh, come down and en enjoy that event with us. Guys, um, Bash University is going to be mobile. We're going to be visiting the folks uh, at, at the Minn Kota factory. are going to be seeing how some of that stuff is yeah. built. And we're going to be uh, working with some guys like Bob Downey. Uh, looking forward to getting some training from him. As our, our team gets mobile and heads up north next week, we're uh, we've got a lot of uh, Bash University stuff coming up. Rich, Rich, what's on our agenda for releases uh, this week and next? You know, we always we're always pumping out the uh, the goods here at Bash UTV. And actually, yesterday we released uh, fishing for smallmouth and current, Pete, and that's uh, that's one of your seminars, uh, one of our. Fan favorite remastered seminars that uh, that we release on every Monday. And guys, we, we stick to a pretty tight release schedule. Um, you know, every week we're releasing three different seminars uh, every week. And this week on Thursday, we're dropping. This is one of my favorites, Pete. Stephen Browning, It's All Between Your Ears. Oh that breaks gosh. down the mental side of fishing. How to get yourself into the right places you need to be between the ears to get it done in the tournaments. And one of my favorite parts from that, Pete, was 
Stephen was approaching one of his uh, one of his main sponsors, going to the classic, the first classic he ever qualified for. And that sponsor said to Stephen, he said, he said, well, who who do you think is going to win this? And he said, well, you know, the KVD's in it and Denny Brower and all these other guys. And the sponsor said, well, why are you even going? Oh, and, he, and, he, and, and the point to that is if you don't think you're the best and you're going to win, mm-hmm. why are you even jumping in? So that was one of the little lessons in there from Steven. Uh, But that was an amazing seminar. We're releasing that on Thursday. And then tomorrow uh, in the on water category, we are releasing Greg De Palma Bluegill Eaters. That's an on water seminar Mm -hmm. uh, with GDP. Um, Oh, I'm sorry. That was uh, not, that is not what we're releasing tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) We we're releasing Pete's spawning smallmouth strategies tomorrow for our on water uh seminar and that was amazing we got some really cool underwater footage um of that shoot smallmouth that are actually on the bed behaving showing you how they approach the bait how they eat the bait and how you how you have to work that bait in order to get that fish to bite so that's definitely uh one to check out and um if you're next- if you're smallmouth fishing right now that's going on and i imagine the the major league fishing guys are catching spawning smallmouth right now uh, that's the time of year. When when are we releasing TDP's uh, bluegill eaters? Well, we actually released it um, uh, this Wednesday last year. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was just doing a I was doing a little throwback Tuesday. Thank you. From the past GDP. Yep. That was a really good seminar though. So if you have never checked that out, you definitely want to go check it out. Definitely an important time of year for it right now because the bluegill spawn is on uh, in a lot of parts around the country. So a lot, lot happening at Bass University, as always, for, look for that. In addition to Steve Browning, uh, Stephen Browning, he's going to be on our show next week. Is that Do we have him locked up for next week, Rich? That is correct. Yeah, we got Stephen Browning coming on, and we are talking all things chatterbait fishing. I love that Keep guy. diving. I love that guy. He's, his positive mental attitude is second to none. You definitely need to, to spend time listening to that. It's going to really help you. Just like Maddie was able to overcome that three-and-a-half-pound loss, uh, in a very, very heated moment, very, very difficult to do. But Steven is the best at, at keeping that positive nature about him as he competes. And uh, looking forward to having him on the show, talking chatterbaits, man. He's, uh, he's a master at that, too. Guys, thanks for watching and hanging out with us. Frog Days of Summer. Go get yourself signed up. We'll see you right here next Tuesday at Bash University Live. Have a great day, everybody. It's really great that, that Mike and Pete have brought the Bass University back because it is different than a sports show seminar or anything else. We can, uh, first off, we're talking to like-minded people. I, I'm a bass head. Obviously, you're here. You've spent the money to do it. Everybody here is a bass head. And uh, we, we speak a different language. And um, it's a lot of fun for me to be around like-minded people. Today, we're going to talk about, again, my whole cranking system. And it really... Uh, is a lot of its equipment, its electronics and things like that. So we're going we're gonna to focus on that. And then we're going to talk more about some of the specifics of what you actually do kind of out there on the water, some of the little tricks that you can um, do to, to trigger more bass, um, things like that. So, so let's start. So first off, um, a lot of people, and I don't want this to sound you to think, and I get it all the time. I, I love social media and I hate it. Um, People are like, you do your blog, and it's like, oh, there's Kevin pimping another Strike King this or pimping this or push, trying to push this off. Believe me, when I tell you about my system or, or why, why I use uh, you know, the rod that I use or reel or line or the hooks or the baits, it's because I believe it's the best there is. 
and it makes a difference in the, in the technique. And if you're not a proficient crankbait fisherman, the most important thing you can do is get yourself some good equipment because it makes a night and day difference. And I didn't really realize this until a couple of years ago um, when I, when I uh, loaned a couple rods to my roommates of my cranking rods. At, we were at a tournament at Kentucky Lake and they were having a hard time saying, man, I can't, I can't maybe get that 6XD down to 18 feet. I'm having a hard time feeling the bottom and I gave them a rod.